Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Hope you're all doing well. Let's take a moment, just check in with ourselves. Always important to do that. We are often mindlessly moving through the day, moving through the week, moving through the month sometimes mindlessly moving through our entire lives, uh, never really slowing down to check in with ourselves. It's fascinating how disconnected we are from our experience, our emotional experience, which is internal and external in a lot of contexts. Also disconnected from our bodies, which are really powerful communicators. Uh, think about it like this. You're driving your car, right? All intensive purposes, that bad boy looks great. It's running fine. But what do we do? We look at the dashboard because the dashboard will have indicator lights that will let us know that maybe something, something deeper is off, not something profound or overt enough where we will pick up on it because maybe it's not like our tire is like clunk, clunk, clunk. Okay. That's an obvious attention grabber. And we have those in our lives. Well, I feel something in the pit of my stomach. Well, I feel a lot of anxiety in my body. Okay. Sometimes it's profound enough where it forces your attention, but much like the car's indicator lights at times, it's like, Oh wow, I needed an oil change. That wasn't anything I could discern just by driving or looking at it. And that's what our body tells us what some of our deeper needs are. And so we want to be more mindful, which means being in our body and slowing down and taking time throughout the day to say, how do I feel? How's my body doing? How's my mind doing? Let me check in with my body to help me understand how my mind and my experience in the world might be. Also, just saying like, what am I feeling? Because a lot of us go to what we call secondary emotions, which are not the honest, most primary emotion. And the primary emotions are often, I'm scared, I'm lonely, disconnected, feeling flat. And that can help us determine what maybe we need to bring into our day or remove from our day. So it's a really important mental health check in is to check in with our bodies. Like I said, car indicator lights. You do want to look at those. <laughs> you don't want to just be like, car looked good when I walked up to it. It's driving fine. All must be well. Not necessarily. You could be running out of gas. You could need an oil change. The tires could need. Um, I'm, that's something that's always coming into my car. It's just always like the tire pressure levels too low. And I'm like, didn't, didn't look that way. Um, and a whole host of other things because God bless those indicator lights. There's a lot of really funky, funky designs and symbols. Um, just like the other day I was looking at a shirt and it was of a really strange material. And I thought for the first time in my life, I should look at the care instructions on this shirt, spent a lot of money on it. And there's all these bizarre symbols that no one understands what they mean. So I had to Google them all and be like, ah, that's what that meant. 
Point being, we are like those shirts with care instructions. We are like those cars with dashboard symbols that indicate something's wrong. We wanna have our own owner's manual. Isn't that a zinger? We might have the owner's manual or not for our car, our washer machine, or any other form of technology, which God bless, I throw them all away and that's stupid. But we at least wanna have it for ourselves and for the important people in our lives. I'm always advocating for that. Have the owner's manual for the important people in your life. Know what wounds need protecting. Know what wounds they need to be protected from you. If you're in a primary relationship with a best friend, a family member, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, know what wounds they have that you need to protect and help them protect. Don't lean into those. Know what makes them feel good. Know what makes them feel loved and cared for. But we, also, we especially need to have that for ourselves. So that's what we're starting the night off. I'm going to try to remember to do that on most shows, doing a little bit of a check-in, like how are we doing? What might we need? More of, less of? Ooh, got to clear that schedule. Maybe we got to go back to our joy calendars. I talked about that on another show where we are literally creating a calendar for the week or the month and we're putting down things that make us happy, some social stuff so that we can have the excitement of seeing that those things are booked. Also the experience of engaging in them, knowing that we're doing self-care. Again, self-care is not just about baths and facial masks and candles, although enjoy there's a sweetness to just laying in the tub in the dark with candles and music playing. That's just me, maybe. I don't do it enough. But the avoidance of that or the lack of time for that, that itself is an indicator light being like, ding, 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 your life is out of balance. More importantly, self-care is having social events on your calendar. Self-care is having joy built into your day. Self-care is having a weekend of leisure or binge-watching bad television, which you don't need to earn. You don't need to shame by calling it lazy. Call it self-care. Call it mental health. Mental health is often doing nothing. Mental health is often the absence of doing. Mental health is backing off, doing less. Mental health is saying, I'm giving this week, this month, this year, 70% max. I'm not going for burnout. I am not me, Dr. Chris, a fan of optimization culture. Where people are like, all right, we're going to squeeze everything out of the day. We're getting up at five and here's the schedule for the day. Already, I'm anxious and overloaded and so is your system. We need to back down and back off and slow down. We don't want to be living optimally. We don't want to be doing A pluses. We're getting familiar with C pluses and Bs because we're doing 70% max because we're not living in burnout. Our worth is not tied to what we're producing. Our worth is not tied to um, how structured or full our day is. In fact, it's the opposite. Our worth is tied to how well we're taking care of ourselves, how much joy is in our life, how much pleasure, how much socialization, how much rest, how much leisure. That is mental health. That's what we're going for. All right, when we come back, I'm gonna give y'all the most comprehensive breakdown on how to not keep yourself stuck and single, how to not die alone is what some people have said, how to really maximize and take advantage of the dating world. I've never put together such a comprehensive package. I'm gonna drop it on all you. Don't go anywhere. Stick around. You're listening to Love Live with Dr. Chris on Odyssey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. 
And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all right y'all we're back no big deal i'm just gonna drop the most important dating and relational information on you but no big deal NBD, as me and my friends say. Uh, yeah, so I worked really hard on this. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm bowing as I say that. No, I take this seriously. I take my work seriously. I take anything that comes out of my mouth seriously. Uh, constantly working, theorizing, reading, writing, looking at research, taking in clinical experience. I don't know, psychological, you know, um, eh, we'll just stick with what I said. Um, so, one of the things, God bless, that is coming into my office consistently, coming into my own private and social life, right? Because I'm out in the world talking to people, listening to what they're concerned about, friends, family. And it's often a lot of the same stuff. So, <clears throat> excuse me, for those that are in relationships, awesome. There is a tremendous amount of learning that's about to be dropped on you. For those that are single and want to maybe stay single, awesome. A lot of information is about to be dropped on you. And also for those that are trying to get into relationship, bam we're going to challenge you. So, uh, again, self-reflect, learn about ourselves, relationships of all kinds. And we are all in a multitude of them, right? I'm very relational. Y'all know that they help us learn about where our work is. Ah, yes. Hear that said again, they show us where our work is. It's never about, Oh man, I have this difficult person in my life. How do I change them? No. How do I interact differently with them? How do I encounter it differently? How do I interpret it differently? That's what we're doing with this whole relational piece. Okay. So those that are longtime listeners of Loveline, you've heard some of this, but this is also prepackaged, repackaged, and there's a whole lot of new information brought in. It's kind of like when they re-release a, a film and there's unseen footage or there's a book that has a new, you know, it's re, what do they call it? Um, new re, uh, re-release? I can't even remember the terminology. And I have two books out there and they add a new chapter. They update information. That's what today is. I always have a few pet projects going. And this is one of them. So I'm always collecting, looking at information, analyzing it, updating stuff. 
Okay, so what's the work? Well, what we're trying to do as human beings, what we're trying to do as relational beings is we're always trying to be more conscious and mindful. That's why in the prior segment, I was yapping about checking the car indicator lights, looking at the tags on our clothing to understand what the care instructions are. Psychologically, we have to do that version for ourselves. We need to have our own owner's manual. Oh yeah, but ready? You gotta read it this time. I throw those owner's manuals away all the time and then I regret it or I don't really get to make full use of the things that I have because <sighs> I haven't read the owner's manual and I don't even understand all that's possible and I'm not even able to understand the shortcomings because they have sections called troubleshooting. Here's what these symbols indicate. So we're trying to do our version of that. Okay, I, uh, I'm gonna get into it. So it's a lot of setup. First thing I wanna remind everyone, drum roll, is there's this fascinating, fascinating syndrome that has come over everyone that is single and in the dating world. And it is this idea that, yeah, I should be able to log on the apps and within, I don't know, a day or two, find the most amazing human being that wants me the way I want them. We both have similar and compatible attachment styles, et cetera, et cetera. We want the same things and we should fall in love. I'm sorry, what? And I'll, I'll say to some of my friends, um, hey, you were just dating someone like three months ago. Where did you get the idea that within three months after that, you should meet an amazing person? It could take five years. Like, where did we all get this idea that it should be simple and easy? And if it's not, there's something wrong with us, the dating world, or the apps. And I bring in the apps, side note, because I was looking at the most updated research, which isn't actually that up to date. It's... Um, <clears throat> Uh, what was it? The thing I was just looking at was about five years old, which means the number is exponentially higher. But it was saying that, oh my gosh, we're hitting like 60%. And I believe it's far higher than that of individuals are dating and meeting people offline. Online is now the number one way that people are meeting each other. It used to be at work and through friends. The um, statistical jump from the percentage that meet people at work and friends is so significant that it's not even worth referencing that you still can and some people do meet their partners through friends or work because those percentages are now so low that it isn't really the most reasonable place to try to do that anymore. Um, still possible because that's where people spend a lot of time, but it's on apps that the bulk of people are meeting each other. So that's why I reference apps a lot because that becomes and is the new most prominent way. So we gotta understand how to use those things, whether we like it or not. It's kind of like back in the day and people were like, I'm not gonna learn how to use uh, Wi-Fi. I don't want an email, good luck. You've been forced to. I don't want a cell phone, cool, what's a landline? You know. So basically all that to say, it takes time. It takes time. Wherever you got the idea that it should be quick and easy, get rid of that idea. Nothing is, nothing important is finding a good and finding the right and good job, finding the home of your dreams, booking a great vacation. You got to do some time and research, but finding partnership should take time. and does take time. So just because it didn't happen this week, this year or last year, doesn't mean that there's something bad or wrong and you should stop. Say that to clients that are even looking for jobs. Uh, okay. So you sent out a couple applications this week. Where did you get the idea that one week's worth of that or a couple months of that? speaks to what's possible or should have you landing what you're looking for. It just doesn't work like that. So that's the first thing. It takes time. Anything important should. I would be nervous if you were like, yeah, I logged on an hour ago. I met 17 great people that I think would be ideal for me. I'm sorry, what? Raise the bar. And that's going to be something we're going to talk about is how the bar is a little too low in some ways, even though 
we have the highest rate of singledom. So people may be like, uh-oh, we need to lower the bar. No, the reason why people are so, the reason why we have such a high rate of singledom is because the bar is getting raised and that's good. Because a lot of people that were in relationships shouldn't have been. We have the highest rate of divorce. Good, because a lot of those relationships ran their course or were unhealthy or toxic and people are finally wanting better. That is a good sign. I'm here for that, but it takes time. Um, just like us getting through all these important points is going to take time. So y'all got to stick around and not go anywhere because we are going to come back and we're going to keep talking about all the important things you need to understand about dating. And, uh, this might be a two part we might be talking about this part two tomorrow. So you're going to have to stick around maybe for that, but we're going to get through a lot of the important points tonight. So stick around and don't go anywhere. You're listening to love line with Dr. Chris on channel Q and Odyssey. Don't go anywhere. So much more to come. We'll be right back. Oh, Rachel, we're back and I'm dropping a uh, meta-analysis, a culmination of a lot of research, uh, pulling from a lot of different resources. You've heard some of this. Um, and let's just jump back in where we were. I was saying it takes time. Anything important takes time. Working on your marriage takes time. Working on your mental health takes time. Uh, becoming a better relational partner takes time. Finding partnership takes time. But yet we have this idea that we should log on and it should be quick and simple. No. That would make me panic. Okay, so what what can we do? Because I always wanna lean into what we do have control over and what we should be holding ourselves responsible for. Uh, later, we will be talking about our different styles and identifying our style so as to understand what the pitfalls of that style might be, what the strengths might be, and more importantly, what the work is in having that style, how to get ourselves out of it, essentially, um, et cetera, et cetera. So we got, we got a whole lot. You should see all the notes in front of me kind of overwhelming. Okay. The next point is, and I've said this on the show before, is what we do have control over is we can't be like, yo, I'm a fine love, blah, blah. No, but we can create the conditions around which that can occur. And that's what we are responsible for. Are you doing things that are moving you towards that? Are you doing things that are in service of that? Create the conditions. Now, what does that mean? Well, it really depends on a lot of different things. Um, it means you're going to have to be more vulnerable. It's going to have to be a, a little bit of more assertion than you're comfortable with. It's going to be pushing on your boundaries. It can't just be you sitting at home on the apps. You're going to have to actually match with people, connect with people, start conversations, follow up conversations where threads have maybe gone silent. What? But they said the last comment, so it's their turn. Or I'm sorry, I said the last comment, so it's their turn. Nope, not always. They might've gotten distracted or busy send another message. You're going to have to actually maybe ask them out, say, Hey, let's actually meet up. You're going to have to actually leave your house and meet up. You're going to have to maybe smile at someone when you're out on the street. You might actually have to walk out, walk up and hit on someone while you're out on the street. You have to create the conditions. You can't sit comfortably at home or with your head down with a hat on sunglasses and ear pods in and think that people are going to come over and knock on your shoulder and present themselves to you or knock on your door. It doesn't work that way. We often keep ourselves stuck. Just like no job is gonna call you and say, hey, do you want a job? No one is gonna knock, tap you on the shoulder and say, hey, you looking for a job? No, you're gonna to have to say, hi, are you hiring? Hey, can I speak to HR? Hey, I'm following up on the interview that we had. Hey, here's my application. You're gonna to have to do the legwork. You're gonna to have to create the conditions. There's some weird fantasy that they're gonna to come to us, that it's gonna be simple and easy. That's not the case, it's not how it happens, it's not how it works. Wish it did, that'd be nice, but it doesn't. So what I also folded in there is not only do we have to create the conditions, we also have to dismantle the barriers. We all have barriers that we have had put in place because of past relationships and trauma, family of origin stuff, 
or ones that we've put in place because of our own anxieties and fears. Are you too avoidant? Translate that into, are you too shut down and passive and fearful? Are you not letting people know you're interested? Are you not following up? Are you not being assertive? Are you rooted all in ego? Where you're not really understanding what it is you should be assessing and paying attention to, but instead your ego is saying they have to look a certain way, talk a certain way, dress a certain way, make a certain amount of money. If that's what you're thinking is, you're not looking for a partner. You're looking for something to prop up your self-esteem because you don't feel good enough and you want your partner to enhance your self-esteem. That is not how we go about dating. That would be a barrier you need to dismantle. We're looking for partnerships. So the question should be, what kind of partner would they be? Not how would the world perceive me if they were on my arm or I was with them? Not what kind of value can they add to my life? Again, that's ego. It should be, what kind of partner would they be? What kind of impact would they have on my life? Who would they be during difficult times? Do I feel safe with them? Can I go out in the world with them as my companion and experience things? That's what it's about but we get so hung up on our ego and we think it has to look a certain way. Really? Where'd you get that idea? And how's that idea working out for you? Cause that's probably a barrier that's holding you back. And that's not even what you should be looking for. And who told you that that's what it should be about? The people that are happy are happy because they found someone who's a good partner. And they think in terms of their relationality, what kind of personhood that partner has. And we're going to talk more about that later in the show. But again, you have to create the conditions, you have to be willing to do the work, you have to give it some time, and you have to dismantle the internal barriers that you've put in place or have been put in place that are blocking you. Ask yourself, what might I be doing that's getting in my own way? What tends to be the thing that causes things to not get off the ground or causes them to end? Look for patterns and habits. As I always say, learning about ourselves by looking at past relationships. Looking back at who we were, what do we want to do again? Who are we proud of that we want to be again? Looking back, what do we want to do less of? Looking back, what do we want to make sure we don't do again? That's where we learn about ourselves. That's where we learn about some of these barriers we have to dismantle. That's where we understand who we are as a relational being, what our work is, because we all have work to do. Be willing to do that. Oftentimes, options are there. It's just we're not seeing them as options or we're getting in our own way. It's important stuff. And even those that people that are in relationships already translate these things. What kind of partner am I being? What are the things I need to do more of? What are the things I need to do less of? Am I creating the conditions that allow my partner to thrive in our relationship to thrive? Am I giving it the time it takes? I'm going to talk more about it. We're going to do some DMs and we'll get back at it. Stick around. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. Stick around. All right, y'all, we are back. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. Oh, it's a long one. Hang in there with me. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris. Hello, Dr. Chris, I should say. Thank you for making so many people feel heard and respected. Oh, thank you. Um, you said, I hope you might be able to help. I struggle with expressing certain emotions. I feel my emotions and feel them deeply. Ah, oh, that's beautiful. We want to feel all of them. Good, bad, depression, anxiety. Feel it. Feel it deeply. Mental health is feeling all of our emotions, feeling all of them fully and deeply, but right-sizing them and living and acting not from our feelings, but from our values and who we want to be. Back to your question. We're never denying our emotions. We're never amplifying them. Remember? You said, I feel my emotions, feel them deeply beautiful. You said, however, when I'm in a situation where I want to express empathy or compassion towards someone I care about, I noticed that I can come across as uncomfortable or cold or end up saying all the wrong things. Oof, yeah. 
<laughs> Even though I feel truly empathetic and want to help, I'm worried my actions could come across as not genuine. This has been something I struggled with for as long as I can remember. For reference, my mom was very emotionally unpredictable growing up and would often lash out on me if I didn't express emotions outwardly like crying in certain situations. Some of the things she would say when lashing out really hurt. I value being a relational person and want to be someone others can come to for comfort and support. How can I improve? How can I work to improve my emotional expressions towards others? Beautifully said. And just your awareness of yourself and just the desire to be better is huge. Most people are like, I'm cool. I'm good. And it's like, oh, no, no, sweet, sweetie pie. You got work to do. Anyone who doesn't think they have work to do is even scarier and unsafe to be around others. Healthy people know what they're working on and what the work is. If you don't, listeners, stop for a second. Take a break and say, before I relate to another human being, what do I need to work on? And let me start working on it. Everyone has work to do. Do I need to soften? Do I need to calm down and regulate? Do I, not, do I need to stop seeing everything as a battle? Do I need to be more inclusive? Do I need to stop being emotionally abusive and name calling, putting people down? Do I stop, need to stop gossiping? Like, what is your work? Do I need to be more loving towards my partner? Do I need to stop body shaming someone I care about? Figure out what your work is. Think about your behavior and say, what am I not proud of that I want to change? What do I want to do more of? Healthy people are always tracking themselves like this person. So the author of this question, this is awesome. So your question is, how can I work to improve my emotional expression towards others? Pay attention to the person you're talking to. How comfortable they feel and act will reflect back how well it's going. And that will help you determine whether or not you need to soften. You can sometimes even be more transparent and say, hey, I have something important to say to you and I want to make sure it feels like it's coming from a place of care. Let me know if it doesn't. And then you tell them. I do that in my therapy practice with my patients sometimes. If I have something very hard to reflect back to them, I'll say, I want, it's really important to me, I'll say, that you hear this in a loving, supportive way. So I'm going to share something with you and then I want you to share with me how that felt. And then I tell them. It's okay to frame something. It's okay to be transparent with your intent. In fact, that's a really beautiful thing. So that's why, that's why I think you should start. Always make sure you're coming in soft. Be very thoughtful about the word choice. Make eye contact and watch the person you're talking to so you can see how well you're doing because people will reflect back how well we're doing. And even say, I want to make sure you hear this in a loving way or I want to make sure you hear this supportively. And then you say it and you say, how did that feel? What did you hear me say? What a beautiful thing to say to someone because that says to them, I really care about how I'm landing and impacting you. I wish more people said that. Anytime I have to have a difficult conversation with someone, I say that to them. I say, it's very important that you hear this coming from a loving place. And then I make my declaration and I make sure it really is loving and that I'm not using any harsh terms or, or tone. And then I say to them, what did that feel like? How was that? Because whenever we, sh we talk to someone we care about, we do it in a relational way, which means we honor that we want them to feel safe and connected to us before, during, and after whatever the conversation is. So make that known in that way, and I think you'll, you'll drastically improve everything. So good work. Just this question tells me you're, gonna, you're doing better than you think you are because most people aren't that mindful or, th or thoughtful. So that's awesome. Um, anyone else? You got, anyone else? If you got questions, anyone else got questions? Uh, I, it's like I'm lecturing again. Uh, put your questions and any topics you got in the DMs on our Loveline Edgy page. Always open, always anonymous, always confidential. Helping others as you're helping yourself. What a beautiful thing. Past episodes of the show are always over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Love Line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share. Otherwise, stick around. We'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back.
All right, we're back and we're talking about some important stuff, a bunch of research on relationality and dating. And this is born out of y'all bringing this up, sliding in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. That's where questions and topics go and it is in the air. So this is still, you know, a show for everyone, but we're talking about some of the things that I want to be dating and relational minders as we try to move into a more conscious, mindful awareness of how we're moving through the world, but more importantly, how we're maybe getting in our own way. We were talking earlier in the show, and as always, if you want to check it out, because you might have missed it, or to re-listen, you can go over to wearechannelq.com. Wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline, and click on. It's all there. But talk about the fact that, number one, it takes time. My mind is boggled by people thinking, oh, well, I downloaded the apps, and hey, I haven't fallen in love yet. And I'm like, "Uh, sometimes it takes years. (laughs) So we got to put the time in. We shouldn't be finding ideal partners as quickly as we might expect. That would make me nervous for you. Also, we're creating the conditions around which it can emerge. We're looking at what we need to do more of, what we need to do less of. Also, we're dismantling the barriers that we are throwing up that prevent us from being available or accessible. Um, Is it ego? Is it avoidance? We are changing habits and patterns. If you are going about it the way you've always been going about it, that's the problem. You have to say to yourself, what patterns or habits do I need to let go of? I need to do this differently. How you're running your relationships, how you're trying to date, looking at who we are, who we want to continue to be, who we don't want to be. And then I I want to kind of spend some time talking about this other topic. Um, It's still a little bit of a work in progress. I'm still finding out the exact framework and the languaging I want to use. But this idea of levels of connection and um, commonality and compatibility. And the way I explain this to my friends, because it's a work in progress, I'm always beta testing things on my friends. God bless them. I'm like, hey, try this. Let me know how it goes. And then I'll update it, fix it, and offer it to the patients in my private practice and uh, to all y'all here on the platform. One of them is uh, the different levels around which we can have someone mirror back who we are. So it's it's really about mirroring. Uh, later, we'll talk about chemistry and compatibility, but mirroring is about whether or not someone sees us. As humans, one of the needs we have, we have only a few needs. We have a lot of wants, we only have a few needs. One of the needs is to have mirroring. And what that means is who we are, the important parts of us, having that reflected back, having that respected, having that valued, all important, but also having it engaged. It's about a deeper knowing. And that's what I call mirroring. We can sit at a bar and talk to someone for a while and have really interesting conversations, but we don't necessarily feel like they engaged, touched, or dealt with the deeper parts of who we are. Or maybe we do because we somehow drop into a deep conversation. So that exists on different levels. And ideally, we are looking for, if we're going to choose a primary partner, if we're going to choose Uh, if we're going to have a primary relationship with someone is someone who is a level three level one is there's just no commonality. You, You ever had a conversation with someone and you're like, you know, wow, not only are we different, but we can't really seem to find a hook to get a conversation really going. It's kind of clunky and bumpy and just never really gets off the ground. And it's just, you know, you're like, oh, how was your week? And they're like, oh, I went and played this sport. And you're like, not only do I not value or understand sports, they're not even posing in a way that's like interesting. I don't even know how to engage it. It's like, that's level one. 
um, you kind of just walk away and you're like, yeah, great talking. And you kind of turn your back and you talk to the person on the other side of you. Obviously, we're not trying to form primary relationships of any kind with someone like that. That meets us on that level. It's not a judgment. It's just an assessment of what level do the two of us come together and co-create something. Because it's about both of you. It's about what happens when I come together with this person. Then there's level two. And that's where, um, yeah, that was a good conversation. We found, again, it's not necessarily about commonality as much as what do we co-create when we come together. So a level two is where like, yeah, we the, the conversation gets off the ground. You know, they say a few things or I say a few things that we both want to engage and respond to. And again, it might not be anything about something in common, but maybe you hate sports, but they're talking about sports and you're like, oh, that was actually a really interesting point. Tell me more about this. And you're like, you're kind of getting in there. You're like, okay, that's cool. Um, that's good for some casual friendships to have level two people in your life. We're like, yeah, let's go grab a beer. We're just going to kind of talk about the game, talk about what we're watching. It's, it's light. I feel comfortable with them. I enjoy them but it's level two level three is what you want to have in your life in a best friend and ideally in your primary partner where it's like not only do we enjoy what we co-create when we come together but more importantly the deeper important parts of who i am i feel are seen and valued and engaged by them it is a deeper level of knowing that is what you are looking for and a lot of people settle on level two it's friendly enough, it's good enough, and they go with it. And there is something to be said about good enough on some levels, but that deep knowing, that deep connection, that deep mirroring is what ideally we're seeking. And that's what leads to some people getting bored or drifting. And that's okay. Not all relationships need to be forever. There's nothing wrong with being in a level two relationship with someone for a couple of years. You outgrow each other, drift, you exit, you've learned a lot from that. That was fun. And then you move on to something else. All relationships don't have to be forever. All right. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this. So don't go anywhere, y'all. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We're back. Talking about important dating and relationship reminders as we work on moving more into a conscious mindfulness perspective around what we're doing, who we are, how we're moving through the world, impacting others. Talking about giving it time, creating the conditions within and around which what we're looking for relationally can emerge. Dismantling barriers within us that prevent us from having or meeting or being that from, you know, the barriers that prevent us from being the kind of partner we want to be that helps create the kind of relationship we want to have or which prevents us from meeting individuals. Um, and we're just talking about this whole concept. It's a loose structure of the different levels around which we can really bond and connect with someone. But more importantly, I was using this word mirroring, which is deeper than just compatibility. When people use that word, uh, when, some, when people use that word, they mean what is it like when our two personalities come together? And we'll, we'll talk more about that down the road. But this concept of these levels, one, two, or three, are really about, again, mirroring, which means how seen do I feel by that person? How valued and respected at the deeper core parts of who I am? More importantly, though, how able are they to engage, to actually engage and interact with the deeper, important core parts of who I am? Some people themselves don't have a relationship with the deeper parts of who they are, so it'd be very hard for them to bring that forward to be connected you know, with by someone else. But for those that have done that work, that's a really important piece. That's a level three relationship where you sit down, you, you, you drop deeply, you align philosophically. That's level, that's level three. That's what we're ideally looking for uh, with some figure in our life, if not a primary partner. Level two is where we get along. 
got things in common, things are fun, but it doesn't have the deep mirroring that a level three has. And a lot of people settle for level twos through, the, through all their relationships, but that leaves you feeling a little lonely. Because again, important parts of you are not being mirrored back and seen and held and cared for and engaged. Rough example, <laughs> I like philosophy. I like academics, I read a lot, I think a lot, I see a lot of art. It is important for me to have people in my life that I can talk to about these deeper, more intellectual, philosophical, and existential concepts about life and purpose and values and ethics and art versus level two, which is what the bulk of the people in our lives will be about. People we enjoy, we have fun with, we watch movies, we go to food, you know, we get food, we go hiking, but that level three is important and that's what ideally I want people to hold out for and seek. Um, then we swoop into another very valuable, important topic that we've talked about on the show. I've done entire shows on this, which is red flags versus deal breakers. Hitting it again because it really falls under the rubric of what we're talking about tonight and also because I still see people getting this wrong. Deal breakers are things that mean the relationship should end immediately or shouldn't even happen. Red flags are things we need to keep an eye on. We want to identify both. Typically, Deal breakers are any form of physical or verbal abuse, the relationship, the relationship just stopped and ended or it's not gonna begin. And undoubt with drug and alcohol or mental health issues, you have a right to say, listen, in order for us to form a secure attached relationship, you have to be available to provide what's required for that. And you can't, if you are not dealing with or working on your mental health or drug and alcohol issues, you are not available to yourself or to be someone's partner. Let's, let's not start this right now or let's put this on pause and have you do that work and then we'll come back to our relationship. That, those are deal breakers. Red flags are things that maybe are annoying or frustrating or disappointing, or maybe might become a deal breaker. We need to keep an eye on it. Um, and there's a huge distinction, but a lot of people take red flags and turn them into deal breakers, thereby looking for something perfect. And I tell people, you have to allow some red flags. Because the other thing we have is green flags, which are all steam ahead. But red flags are sometimes gonna be things that are a little annoying, a little disappointing, a little frustrating, some of them manageable, others not. You gotta figure out which are which, but we have to allow some things to be in relationships that we're a part of that aren't ideal. That is how some people avoidantly or based on their ego keep themselves single or alone, not even in social relationships because they think it all has to be perfect. That is a helpful concept to bring up with your friends often to say, hey, listen, it looks like that one thing that you don't enjoy or gets in the way or annoys you a little bit, it sounds like you're making that a deal breaker. And that's not really a reason why you leave a person, a friend or a relationship. It sounds like that's a red flag, meaning keep an eye on it. Try to work with it a little bit. See if you can be a part of changing or transforming that factor. But we're not looking for perfect ever. And some people sadly do move through their relational lives thinking that that's the goal thereby bouncing out at the first sign of any work needing to be done. That would be someone who in, in, it possibly has what we call an avoidant attachment style. They want relationship, but they're always looking for perfect and ideal. They hyper-focus on things that are wrong or not perfect. They don't focus on what is there that's great. They don't focus on celebrating and having gratitude for what is working. They don't focus on someone's strengths and the benefits. They're hyper-focused on the opposite. And then of course we have the anxious people who are always fearing abandonment, never feeling cared for. Um, they present with behaviors that others might deem to be clingy or overwhelming or overbearing. And those people need, need to learn how to allow some space, how to back off a little bit, 
how to translate whatever they do to protest what they perceive is abandonment into something a little more functional and healthy so as to not actually create the ban the abandonment they're they're fearing sometimes we do that when we're worried or worrying about what's going on with a partner we might instead of doing things that brings them close and connects us we might do things that actually makes it harder and worse thereby actually manifesting that which it is we're afraid of manifesting so we want to be thoughtful about that. And again, we'll talk more about that. But this, the different levels is a very important concept. So is red flags versus deal breakers. Green flags, people tend to not really struggle to understand. Um, but red flags and deal breakers are important because sometimes people think, hey, if the chemistry is hot and I'm attracted to them and the sex is good, all's well. And we get hooked by that. But I want you to want better. That's why I bring up the level concepts. Are they just a level two? We're like, yeah, you get along. But like, go for a partner who's maybe more of a level three where they can really connect to and engage the deeper parts of who you are so that when you're not having sex <laughs> and at other times you don't feel alone while with that person because that can happen when we're with a level two and dear god don't be with level ones people where you just don't connect don't have anything in common conversation's very hard because again when there's a lot of attraction people get confused by that and that's what we're going to talk about when we come back the distinctions because chemistry is an important factor but it can often confuse us and throw us off so stick around more to come listen to love line with dr chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. All right, y'all, we're back. And we're just closing out our discussion of all the important things I want people to remember about dating and relationships. Um, a lot of things to keep in mind. It's a very complex, multifaceted prospect, concept, perspective, dynamic. And all of our stuff <laughs> is in there. And that's why I talk a lot about dismantling and understanding what those barriers are. How might our early life, our relational life up until now, what might that have done to us that might keep us from being in reality and really with the person that's in front of us versus reacting as though there's someone from our past or we're living in our past. And that's why we have to be aware of what those are. That's why we got to do that deeper work of saying, what might I be taking forward from prior relationships that's getting in the way of me really getting to know the person in front of me? What might I be acting out or what meaning might I be making about what they're doing that isn't rooted in reality? It's not, I don't know who they are. I don't know what that means, but I know what it did mean historically. Um, those are the things we want to have an understanding of. So before the break, we were talking about red flags versus deal breakers. I talk about that often because I, I still think that's a misunderstood concept. And then the other favorite topic of mine is chemistry versus compatibility. And I've talked on many shows about that where a lot of people get confused if they're very attracted to someone or have a lot of sexual chemistry with them. They think that that's enough to build a relationship upon. And it's not. That might be what you build a hookup relationship upon. But for more sustainable, healthy relationships, you want to also have compatibility, which is based on what happens when we come together. What do our two personalities create? That matters more. That's what speaks to health. Because if it's just based on chemistry, chemistry is a small piece of the day and that wears off. And what do we do when we're not within that, that, um, that space? We have to have more to rely on. And that's why we wanna take time when we're getting to know people and date multiple people. So I wanna take time before we commit or move quickly into a relationship. People very too quickly want monogamy and exclusivity and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, I have to go through certain milestones to understand who this person is when in my life before I can decide if this is what I'd want longer term. Um, and that's why chemistry versus compatibility is really important to flush out. If you have a lot of chemistry, you're going to have a lot of fire, but you're going to have low levels of intimacy because there's not much there outside of the sex. If you only have compatibility, you're going to have, and, and you have a, barely any chemistry, you're going to have a roommate friend based style kind of relationship. 
And that's why you want both. People end up in my office saying, oh, we're very compatible, but sexual chemistry is never there. Well, then you weren't ever meant to be in a monogamous romantic relationship. Or the opposite. We have great sex, but our personalities, we don't get along well. We, we fight all the time and fight poorly. Well, then you were meant to just be hookup partners. I don't make the rules, but that's how it is. We can't always be the person we want to be with. We have to actually see what is it like in all of these different dynamics. I did a show the other night about all the different levels and domains of intimacy. Check in on that. What's our physical intimacy like? What's our emotional, psychological intimacy like? What's our social intimacy like? What's our spiritual and intellectual intimacy like? S assess that. Make the choice of a primary partner something you take very seriously. I think people take it far too lightly and they just roll with stuff thinking we'll figure it out or it'll all be okay if we love each other enough. No, it won't. That's not true. All the love in the world doesn't mean you're going to have chemistry. All the love in the world doesn't mean that your personalities are meant to be together long-term in an exclusive primary relationship. It just doesn't. We want to live in the truth. So I want to see what it's like when the two of you come together. And that's why I talk about the three important points that you really want to explore to understand if our nervous systems are compatible, if our traumas are compatible, what is this person like in times of conflict? What are they like when I disappoint or let them down? Are they abusive verbally and physically? Or are they soft and they work through? Also, what are they like when I express needs? Do they shame me, illegitimize, or do they say, thank you for making that known? I will help you get that need met. And also, what are they like when we set boundaries? Do they honor them or do they bulldoze them over? Do they even have any? Are they going through our phones? Are they going through our stuff? That's poor boundaries. Talk about it. If it doesn't change, get out. Same thing with our needs. If you say, hey, I would love more affection, more care, more time together, more softness, their answer should be, thank you for telling me that. Always come and tell me what you need and I will work on it. I'm always here to hear that. Anything short of that is not okay. If they say, if they get defensive, if they stonewall you, if they mock you, if they shut you down, not a good sign. And again, that goes back to the first point, conflict. What are they like in those moments? That's a moment of conflict. What they do in that moment will tell you what they're gonna do in the future and what the future will be like with them. So again, the trifecta is, what are they like in times of conflict when you disappoint them, frustrate them, let them down? What are you like in those times as well towards them? That helps us understand if we have compatible psychologies and nervous systems. What are they like and what are you like when either of you expresses a need from the other? And again, what are each of you like with setting boundaries, holding boundaries, and really just understanding basic common courtesy boundaries around privacy? Those are the things you want to assess. We, it takes time to have enough experiences where those things come up to be able to assess them and understand what those things are like. But that is what a healthy relationship is built on. So take the time to let those things emerge. Don't protect the relationship from those things emerge. That's where these learning moments happen. We want to find out. So let that happen. Um, okay, we're going to come back and do some DMs. Um, have you got a question for us or a topic you want us to hit? Drop those in the DMs on our Love Line G page and past episodes of the show over at wearechannelq.com. Scroll down there for Love Line and click on it. You can binge, post, re-listen, and share because we got to unlearn and relearn. Got to get that good messaging built in. But otherwise, y'all, stick around because we'll be back. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, so we are back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. Someone says, hey, Dr. Chris, so I started dating this guy, Jack. Our first few dates were really great. We got along pretty well. See, good sign, but takes time. Because remember, we're trying to assess the trifecta. Number one, what is this person like in times of conflict? So until conflict happens, you don't know them. They don't know you. Don't make any commitments. We still don't know how healthy this is going to be. And number two, we want to wait until boundaries are set to see whether or not they honor boundaries and how they do with them. It's kind of a little bit of number one, but it's number two, boundaries. And number three, we want to see what it's like and what they do when we express needs. Do they shame it, put it down, ignore it? Or do they, are they workable? Or they say, I heard you, let me work on that. Those are the three things you're always trying to assess and it takes time. So move slow, let those things emerge. And then you lean back and go, mm, how healthy is this person for me? The other thing I always remind people is before, during, and after. How do you feel before, during, and after? How do you feel when you think about seeing them and they text? How do you feel while you're with them? And more importantly, how do you feel after walking away from having spent time with them? The answer should be better or good or fun or whatever it is to all of those. Back to your question. You said... Great on the first couple dates. On the fourth date, see, we're starting to get real. In the beginning, everything's nice. We're selling a dream. We're acting from our best. Then we start to drop into truth. So it takes time. You said uh, on the fourth date, he let me know that he is polyamorous and that he's dating another female. Unfortunately, we're in a culture where that is what most people aren't looking for. Uh, you know, it's not a commentary on the health of polyamory. I think it's great for those that are polyamorous, but for those that are monogamous, I think that's a disclosure that should be made sooner. A hundred percent. A lot of people don't put it in their dating profiles because they know that they might not be considered if they're poly, but I think it's, a, that's a manipulation. Something like that's important. I think you should be very forthcoming about it from the front. This is what happens when people start to develop interest. And then you disclose something like that. That is very important. That is very important to make known. Yeah. Um, Anyway, you said he was very kind with his thoughts and feelings, but basically asked if I would like to be their other partner. I've never done anything like that. I'm not really sure of the rules. Um, what if I don't like the other female that he's with? <laughs> well, I'm confused. Uh, traditionally, and again, you're allowed to be non-traditional. Traditionally in polyamory, that means individuals don't do monogamy and they have multiple primary or multiple ongoing relationships. Sometimes their primary is the primary and everyone else is secondary and they do a hierarchy. Other times it's more anarchy, relational anarchy, E, where everyone's the same. But this is something different. It sounds like they want a thruple, which means we are all together, the three of us in a committed relationship. Sure, it's possible you might like her as much as you like him, but it's also very possible that you're like, nah, I'm cool, I don't like girls, or I don't like that girl, but I like you. 
is he saying it's mandatory that you have to be with her to be with him? Cause then they're looking for a throuple and it doesn't usually work quite as well like that. Um, so your question is what if I don't like the other female he's with? Well, then you say, no, I, I'm not interested in being with her. And maybe you're not even without meeting her. And that's okay too, to say, hey, I think you're super cool. I don't want poly or I don't want to throuple. Or after you've met her, yeah, I don't really feel the chemistry or compatibility. And then you guys aren't a match. I don't really know what else to say to that. Yeah, what if you don't like her? You say no. That happens. It's it's more than likely you wouldn't, right? What are the chances are that you would? I mean, there are. it is a chance. But just because he likes her and likes you doesn't mean you're going to like her and she's going to like you. What if you like her and she doesn't like you? That's a problem too. You know, I mean, I don't always like my friends' friends just because they're friends with them and they're friends with me doesn't mean we all enjoy each other, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, to be in a relationship with someone requires a lot. And, and, and this dude, Jack, and both of you having an interest in him isn't enough for the two of you to enjoy each other. And if they already have a relationship formed and you're being brought in, it's a difficult entry point because if you, if you are going to build a relationship with both of them, then you get to spend time alone with her. You get to spend time alone with him. You get to spend time with them together, just like they're going to spend time alone. And you get to say, I need my needs met. I get to be as important to you as she is to you and you are to her. Um, yeah. Yeah. If it's supposed to be all, you know, horizontal power structure where we're all as important to prioritize as the other, let's put our money where our mouth is and start employing that. Yeah. You got to spend time with all of them and, and then maybe time with them separately. But yeah, your general question was just, what if I don't like the other female? Then you say hard pass. No, thank you. And you move on. All right. DMs come from our love line and Jeep page. I've got a question. Drop it in there. Topics as well. Past episodes of love line are over at we are channel Scroll down, look for love line and click on it. You can binge post, re listen and share. Cause we got to unlearn and relearn. We got to do the repetition, but that is our show. Thanks for hanging out. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to those around you. And as always, y'all, thanks for hanging out. And you enjoy the rest of your night. Good night, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 